Mr. Darcy. Hello and welcome everybody to the OK Gatsby. It's season four. It is colon vibe and read with us. What's going on, Kev? How you feeling? Feeling good, baby. We're we're closing in on the end of this book. It's been quite the journey. From uh, it really has. And things are happening. Things are uh, things are closing up. People are changing and coming around to new ways of thinking. There's a wedding. These are all signs of stories coming to a close. Yeah, these are. This is uh, some real season ender sweeps week stuff going on. <laughs> Oh yeah, right. It's like there are two episodes left of Pride and Prejudice. <laughs> What's gonna happen? Yeah, really, really anxious to like. All right, let's pack it all in. This is when a a, a star cameo comes on, and <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's been Rob Lowe. Yeah, Rob Lowe as <laughs> Colonel Fitzwilliam. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect, exactly. Colonel Fitzwilliam would be a great. A great cameo role uh, for Fitzwilliam Darts Darcy, Fitzwilliam Darcy, Fitzy Willie, Fitzy Willie, Fitzy Willie. Hey, well, Fitzy. let's see. Let, lead us off. Lead us off, Kev. Let's talk about it. Where are we at? All right. So, what mine is? Uh, volume three, chapter six. I I forgot what chapter it would be. Uh, but Mister Bennett, forty nine. If you have. It's 49 if you have numeric chapters throughout, which I do. Okay. So 49 starts off with Mr. Bennett had not written. So Mr. Gardner waited a little bit to go and uh, to see if he got any notice from Mr. Bennett and uh, and said he doesn't get any, so he takes off for London. There's uh, there's a funny line uh, where they tell they uh, on parting to prevail on Mr. Bennett to return to Longbourn as soon as he could to the great consolation of his sister who considered it as the only security for her husband's not being killed in a duel. <laughs> so Mrs. <laughs> Mrs. Bennett's like, please tell him to come home. Otherwise, he's he's guaranteed to be murdered. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's more of a joke now, but then it's like, if this kind of thing happened, if your daughter went off with some ne'er-do-well and was going to uh, deflower her out of wedlock, uh, you might have to kill that guy. Yeah. I mean, those are the rules, baby. It's this is a wild, wild. You gotta London. go. <laughs> yeah, one, yeah, one of you's gotta go. Yeah, that ain't it, Chief. <laughs> what you did to my daughter? It simply that ain't, ain't it. it. <laughs> that ain't it. Be better. Uh, so, so Mrs. Gardner stays around, and she's pretty helpful. That that's the big contrast they're pointing out of like, Mrs. Gardner's great. Mrs. Bennett is a is a turd. <laughs> Um, yeah, <laughs> I do She's like silly. The, 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 the Aunt Phillips comes by too, and all she does is come by and tell him all the bad things she's heard about Wickham since this happened. <laughs> like, guess what? She owes this much money and this much money to him. And, and that's yeah, like, he's oh, a great. huge gambler. Yeah. <laughs> and so they're not making him feel better at all, has no idea how to read the room. And then she leaves. Um. Yeah. Everybody declared that he was the wickedest young man in the world. So, like, his reputation yeah. has been buried underneath the ground. 
And this is after everyone was in love with him for two months, according to Elizabeth. Everybody thought Wickham was the bee's knees. I think they so called him an this angel guy's real... of light. <laughs> yeah. He, yeah, come on. Like He goes from an angel of light to a huge dirtbag who owes everybody money uh, The wickedest young gambling. man in the world was once an angel of light. <laughs> so it sounds like uh, they got a letter from Mr. Gardner and they're just checking in on hotels. So like they got to be staying in one of these hotels. But so far to no avail and uh Mr. Bennett finally gets convinced to go home. And he's like Mr. Gardner will keep looking. Um so that's where the search leaves off. Uh Colonel Forster they're like can we find anybody who knows Wickham like where he would hold up and stuff like that. Right. And then he's like, does he have a favorite hotel? He's like, maybe Lizzie knows. And Lizzie's like, what the heck? I don't know. It's like, (laughs) they're trying to be like, can you ask Darcy without saying it? (laughs) Yeah. And then we get uh, a letter from Mr. Collins. Who wants to send his consolation and condolences to the family. And he does so. He does so in the most Mr. Collins way that anyone has ever Mr. Collins. He really just he nails his own character. Uh, Mr. Bennett has had moments like this where he like he just he just nails his own selfhood exactly. Mr. Collins is like writes the most simpering, uh, blameful, condescending, classist letter. Which of course mentions Lady Catherine de Beau. It brings Lady Lady Catherine up for no reason. Yeah. Um, it's a tour de force of of Mister Collins' bullcrap. Yeah, real. Uh, no reason to write this letter. Like he could have said nothing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think they. I think Elizabeth. They could have guessed. It. <laughs> yeah, it was useless. Just a terrible letter. One of my favorite. His recommendation. Go ahead. Go ahead. Hit it. My favorite, one of my favorite lines of the death of your daughter would have been a blessing in comparison of this. <laughs> and he's like, G- yeah, <laughs> like shut up. <laughs> so yeah, basically Mr. Collins is writing a letter out of quote unquote consolation for their situation. He's like, I've, you know, he supposedly feels bad for what's happening, but essentially he's, his letter amounts to nana, nana, boo, boo, your daughter broke the social conventions of the time and she uh, should be out of our society. And I recommend disowning her as a daughter and never speaking to her again. Yeah. He uh, he tries to... Uh, he lets her know that Charlotte has an opinion. That the, this licentiousness of behavior in your daughter has proceeded from a faulty degree of indulgence. Though at the same time, for the consolation of yourself and Mrs. Bennett, I am inclined to think that her own disposition must be naturally bad. Or she could not be guilty of such an enormity at so early an age. <laughs> Don't worry. You're not bad parents. You just have a bad daughter. It's a bad apple. Yeah. Look. She's no good. My wife says this is your fault. But what I think is what she's done is so bad, it could only come from an evil spirit. <laughs> <laughs> I think God did it. That's how I think your I think your daughter. Your daughter's a floozy, and that's God's fault, is my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's so brutal. He brings in that Lady Catherine herself condescendingly says, we'll connect themselves, 
So like Lady Catherine's like, oh, no one's gonna marry the other daughters now because your this one daughter is so bad. Right. So as as a, as a function of story, I think this letter uh, serves to remind us of the sociological stakes of Lydia's decision, mm-hmm. right? So like, if Lydia is gonna do this, then the snooty people, the Mister Collinses and the Catherine Debose of the world are going to write her and the Bennets off forever. So as we discussed last episode, what Lydia is doing now, running off with Wickham, is it's the nuclear option. Yes. It is the worst-case scenario. It's a family killer. It's like, oh, we yeah. lost all respectability overnight. It's over. All the things that they've been concerned about with the balls and the husbands and the marrying, all of that would be uh, over. It would be just gone. They would have no more social life. Uh, all of the things that they care about would be rendered obsolete, null, and void. They'd be nobodies. Yeah. They might as well all go to the poorhouse now. It's the end of the world. It is. Um, so they talked to Colonel Forrester about if he found anything, uh, and we all we find out is that Colonel Forrester believed that more than a 1,000 pounds would be necessary to clear his expenses at Brighton. So he was a party boy at yeah. Ed Brighton, too. Um, and so he, and it's all gambling debts. And Jane heard them with horror. A gamester, she cried. This is wholly unexpected. I had not an idea of it. <laughs> so Jane continues to be Jane throughout this chapter. <laughs> yeah. Innocent, thinking the best of everybody. Oh, Jane. But I love that that is what bra- the straw that breaks the camel's back for Jane. <laughs> Is gambling. He plays games. Yeah. Yeah. With like all the things she tolerated with just like just being like she has all the talents in the world for being a jerk of like misunderstanding. Something's got to be everyone's good. And then it's like, but wait a minute. He plays poker. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And he loses. Yeah. And then this is my favorite. Because Mrs. Bennett is, is this is a top tier Mrs. Bennett uh, chunk of, uh, so like the so Mr. Bennett's coming back. When Mrs. Bennett was told of this, she did not express so much satisfaction as her children expected, considering what her anxiety for his life had been. To which, so because she had been complaining that he's going to get killed the whole time, uh, right? And she says, "What is he coming home and without poor Lydia? Sure, he will not leave London before he's found them." Who is to fight Wickham and make him marry her if he comes away? <laughs> so he's like, I, not a, not a bad question. Yeah. yeah. So she, the whole time she's like, my husband's gonna be dead. My daughter's life is ruined. Everyone is against me. And then the it's like, oh nope, the husband's coming home. He's gonna be fine. And she's like, he's coming home. Why? <laughs> he's got a duel. <laughs> <laughs> She is right. The thing is, yeah, she was afraid of a duel this whole time, and now she's like, oh, "But who's gonna kill Wickham?" <laughs> yeah, or make him marry him. Yeah, it's all. She's so ridiculous. At no point does she ever, like Lydia, does she ever accept like, "Oh, some of this is on me." It's all like a victim, uh, like an unturn, like unending victimhood. <laughs> Right. It's just, yeah, things are happening to her. And I think the Lydia-Mrs. Bennett connection is that's something we should, we should be chasing down. This episode kind of reflects that Lydia uh, is very much her mother's daughter. She's very much a Mrs. Bennett clone. 
she acts in the society in a similar way with similar values. Yeah, exactly. Because like when they and then later when they are excited for each other, it's only the mother and Lydia that are excited. Like everyone else is like, oh, okay, right. Yes. Um, uh, yeah. So there, throughout this, there's more and more acknowledgement that Elizabeth is deeply in love with Darcy and is, is hurting because this has ruined her life. Right, because, yeah, from from Elizabeth's point of view, it's like, yes, not only is her sister going to be ruined, but also she's ruined in this in this very particular way uh, that's going to ruin her chances with Darcy. Yeah, Darcy's, Darcy's not going to marry her if her sister's a trollop. He probably wouldn't marry her if her sister was a trollop in general. That's probably the case. But then also, her sister was specifically a trollop with his worst enemy. <laughs> yeah. So, like, not only was Darcy not into this whole... First of all, the family is important to Darcy that's been established. And, like, if your family is not on the up and up, uh, you're not going to get married to, to Fitzwilliam Darcy anytime soon, okay? Mm. But on top of that, if your sister is going to be running away with a guy who he has sworn against and has dismissed entirely... Banished. Uh, it's not going to happen. Yeah. yeah. You're out of luck, baby... Yeah, no, it's, 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 oh, but she's like, oh, uh, but she's like, I could have handled this better if I didn't love Darcy. Like, if I was just a girl who didn't care about getting married still, like, this would have been way easier to take. And it's like, that's kind of right. sad. <laughs> just when she started caring, they, the world slaps down on her. It's good story structure because, yeah, right when you think that maybe it could happen between Darcy and Elizabeth, these outside forces make it impossible. We assume it's never gonna happen. Uh, I don't. It'll never happen again. I. Uh... I guess. Yeah, things are at their worst, but they probably will never turn around and end nicely. Who? I don't think so. No, that's not how stories work. No way. Um. Then Mr. Bennett comes back, walks in, doesn't really say anything, doesn't even mention what he was doing. Uh, <laughs> which I love. And they start asking, like, how's it going? And it, uh, or they start briefly expressing their sorrow for what he must have endured. He replied, say nothing of that. Who should suffer but myself? It has been my own doing, and I ought to feel it. Which is a very heavy statement of, like, I messed up, and I've, I'm going to feel all of that. <laughs> and you, He disagrees with, yeah, it's, it's all his fault. Mr. Bennett is taking this on himself. Unlike Mr. Collins, who's giving him the benefit of it was a mistake of birth that Lydia was born so silly. She's born with uh, with a uh, sudden infant silly syndrome, yeah. and she was just always been silly. Yes. Uh, he goes, it was my parenting, which it harks back to uh, a speech he had a couple of chapters ago, right? Where he just kind of like took the blame for letting them be so silly is the only word I can think of to describe it. So... Um, obsessed with marriage and flirtatious and insubstantial in their evaluations of what's important. Yeah. Not having developed a serious character. Yeah. No character. Yeah. The thing that Elizabeth and Jane have where they're kind of like, they have a sense of themselves and they have a sense of right and wrong and they're self-possessed. Uh, live by these are all anti. Yeah. They don't. Right. Lydia, these are things that yeah. they're just kind of lighthearted, uh, hedonist essentially as much as a hedonist can happen yeah uh at that time exactly 
And he, so Elizabeth's like, who loves her father very much? Says, you must not be too f- severe upon yourself. Uh, and he says, you may well warn me against such an evil. Human nature is so prone to fall into it. No, Lizzie, let me once in my life feel how much I have been to blame. I am not afraid of being overpowered by the impression. It will pass away soon enough. Which is a really heavy thing to say. He's like, look, don't come in here and tell me it's not my fault. It is my fault. And I need to feel that. It's not going to kill me. Let me feel that. Which is almost like Zen. And it's like, I'll, I'll get past this, but do not try and make it less. <laughs> yeah, it's also, yeah, it's, it feels pretty dark to me. It's like Mr. Benito has been kind of a lighthearted guy. And we're seeing a real change in him where he's taking all this stuff that he previously dismissed as not important and trivial and like worthy of ridicule. He is now seeing that it was consequential and he's taking that responsibility fully, which is a very manly heroic thing to do. Yes, definitely is like the image of like uh, the guy at the bar with one whiskey glass kind of staring at himself in the mirror of like, I did something awful and I need to feel all that. <laughs> like I, I failed right. my daughter. Feel it. Yeah. Um, which is the exact opposite of what Mrs. Bennett is doing, which is like, again, puts in the, puts in the, in the, perfect view of like he married the wrong woman is is uh, elizabeth's yeah. point of like oh he married a silly woman and then he, g- he gave up trying to make it a real marriage <laughs> yeah um and then so he answers some brief like what do you think the hours like probably in london um and then what's funny is that kitty comes in uh, so he, he gets really sassy. He goes, like, more and more people come in. And he goes, this is a parade, which does one good. It gives such an elegance to misfortune. <laughs> Another day I will do the same. I will sit in my library in my nightcap and powder and gown and give as much trouble as I can. <laughs> or perhaps I may defer it till Kitty runs away. And Kitty, who is not a, does not appreciate this line, goes, I'm not going to run away, Papa. If I should ever go to Brighton, I would behave better than Lydia. And he hits her with, you go to Brighton. I would not trust you so near as Eastbourne for 50 pounds. No, Kitty, I have at last learned to be cautious, and you will feel the effects of it. No officer is ever to enter my house again, nor even to pass through the village. (laughs) Balls will be absolutely prohibited unless you stand up with one of your sisters, and you are never to stir out of doors till you can prove that you have spent 10 minutes of every day in a rational manner. (laughs) (laughs) Just 10 minutes of rationality a day. Yes. Okay, he's like, yeah, he's unraveling, and also he's kind of getting back into his his uh, ridiculing his daughters for their silliness mode, which I do like. But this time he's like, no, I'm serious. Yeah, no officers, no balls, all these things lead to ruin. Yes, and Kitty is destroyed by this because she thinks he's being one hundred percent serious. Uh, <laughs> I love that. Like he's always sarcastic, even when he changes what he's thinking. He's like, well, now I have to take this more seriously, but I'm gonna go so overboard that it's also a joke. <laughs> Right, yeah, he's still himself, but he has changed his opinion, but he has not changed the way he expresses yeah. it. He expresses it through these absurdly uh, over-the-top monologue jokey yeah. things. And poor Kitty is like, well, I'm going to do better when I go to Brighton, thinking like, oh, I get to do what my sister does. He's like, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> Your sister yeah. ruined it for like, everybody. <laughs> 
it's also it's a classic sitcom dad trope of like yeah you're gonna go out with boys when you're 30 you know like like he goes like if you're a good girl for 10 years i will take you to a review at the end of them it's like yeah you can go and see boys in 10 years when you're 24 28 i think i think lydia was the youngest some ancient age was lydia or kitty lydia is the youngest because she's tall yeah But yeah, so Mr. Bennett uh, feels the weight of it. And then the next chapter starts, we get a little bit. Oh, wait, no, never mind. We get good news. Uh, a letter has arrived and he doesn't even read it right away. He kind of walks off with like a letter and doesn't tell him what's going on. Yeah, where is he going? <laughs> I, I didn't know where he was headed to in such a hurry. Yeah, he's handling this all so say. weird. the park? Yeah. He's having a breakdown. I mean, like he's he's like he's not in control of his own mind right now. He's like he's broken. Yeah, he's like can't focus. He's like in deep rage, but like he does not have the normal capacity to express that. Um, yeah. And this letter comes express, which means it's super important. Uh, but what we get good news? Yeah, like a guy and a horse like re- rode very fast. Yeah. Like it's like they paid a guy like a bunch of money to to ride fast. Yeah, um, and probably to wait around for the reply. Usually, it's like I'll wait for your reply and I'll run it back very fast. Yes, that's how serious this is. There's like a tired horse right now <laughs> with this message. <laughs> like when a horse breathes too loud, I'm like calm down, horse. Um, the horse is yeah covered in foam. Yeah, he's foamy horse. And there's a great Jane Byrne. So it's a letter from Mr. Gardner. And right and right in the beginning, there's a great Jane Byrne. She goes, the particulars I, re- I reserve till we meet. It is enough to know they are discovered. I have seen them both. And Jane goes, then it is as I always hoped. They are married. And then the next line, I have seen them both. They are not married. <laughs> <laughs> Jane's like, yes, I knew Optimistic I should have believed Jane. in the deep goodness of the world. And it's like, no, it's. <laughs> Nor can I find. It's like in the office when the camera the makes the joke, like the camera turns over and, and like says like. Yeah, it's like it's it's Jane's been burned. Yeah. 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 Jim is looking in the camera right now and going. <laughs> now you're doing the Jim from the office face. <laughs> that's that's what's happening exactly uh so yeah jane's enthusiasm gets one last little poke of the fire stick uh but the there's there's good news um but if you are willing to perform the engagements which i have ventured to make on your side i hope it will not be too long before they are all that is required of you is to assure to your daughter by settlement her equal share of the 5,000 pounds secured among your children after the decease of yourself and my sister. And moreover, to enter an engagement of allowing her, during your life, 100 pounds per annum. These are conditions which, considering everything, I had no hesitation in complying with as far as I thought myself privileged for you. So it's basically, she gets her fair share of, of your will, whatever is owed to her. Right. Uh, which isn't very much because the entailment. And then you get he gets a hundred dollars a year uh while you're still alive. Which is yeah, that's not much at all. Yes. It's a good deal. Yeah, that's like a discount husband right there. 
yeah, what's up? You know, like, and we and we know that Wickham is is uh, a gold digger, for lack of a a better term. Wickham is only interested in women who have money. He even had he had sort of a girlfriend, and Elizabeth noted that once it was found out that she didn't have money, Wickham lost interest. Yeah. Wickham is into money, so yeah, something's going on here. Something very strange is going on that he would agree to so little. Because it's not like Lydia is particularly charming. She's a 16-year-old who has no sense of responsibility. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that is noted in the text. That's canon. Lydia is not charming. That is part of the canon of Pride and Prejudice, that Lydia is not fun to be around. Yeah. She's too silly. Uh, there doesn't seem to be an aspect. So, yeah, this, this is all very strange. But the, the point is is that Lydia is going to be married to Wickham. Uh, if, if everyone's okay, everything's good. Send some money, they'll marry. Which is like this. This right. seems suspiciously neat. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's too easy. It's like, all right, crisis is over. Yes. So the no one had to fight him. Yeah. Nothing no had one, to no happen. One got murdered. Yeah. No, no daughter was found crying and and on the side of the road. Um, and they're like, let us write the letter back saying this is all good. Like he can't even bring himself to answer this. Like he's right. he's so. Uh, and may I ask, said Elizabeth, but the terms I suppose must be complied with. And he says, complied with? I'm only ashamed of his asking so little. He's like, why is this so yeah. easy? This is like embarrassing that he only wants $100 a year to marry my daughter. Yeah, it's... And yet they must marry. Yet he is such a man. Yep, but so he goes, there are two things I want to know. One is how much money your uncle has laid down to bring it about. And the other, how am I ever to pay him? So he is, like, deeply ashamed now of, like, how much he owes more than, like, the Wickham Lydia. It's like, how much do I owe Mr. Gardner, a good man, for helping me so much? Right. Right. It's Now the problem is shifted to how much did he have to pay to make all this go away? I mean, like, to make Wickham, to make Wickham do this. I mean, this guy who had, like, lots of debts and he was he's really interested in money. So clearly he got a lot of money. Otherwise, he wouldn't be marrying Lydia, and it, he assumes it came from Mr. Gardner. He assumed that Mr. Gardner ponied up that cash. Yeah. So it's like that. That's like I mean, I, I get that. I would feel very bad if like your relations spent that much money to save your daughter that you could not do yourself. I would be like, yeah, that's that's a uh, a male pride thing. I totally. He's like, what is going on? <laughs> yeah. Um. He can't believe it. Yeah. And Jane thinks that maybe uh, Jane says, I comfort myself with thinking that he certainly would not marry Lydia if he had not a real regard for her. So Jane's like, maybe he loves her. <laughs> I mean, like Jane's being optimistic, like maybe Wickham is in love with Lydia. You know, yeah. maybe that's happening. Maybe that's happening. Yes. He goes, no, uh, Wickham's a fool. If he takes her with a farthing less than 10,000 pounds, I should be sorry to think so ill of him in the very beginning of our relationship. <laughs> He's like, if he genuinely t- is taking this little money, then I'm sorry I felt I hated him in the beginning, which is kind of cool to know that yeah. he hated Wickham f- right away. <laughs> and he's like so that's that's the number he has in his head of like Mr. Gardner paid $10,000 to save my daughter and and then so now but the basically the news is that they're going to get married which is overall good news it's disappointing in the sense that right. their daughter's going to marry a jackass uh 
who is uh, ill-intended, but... Right, but they de- they defuse the nuclear bomb. Like, the worst has been averted. Like, they're going to be okay. As long as they're married, everything's going to be fine. And there's talk of, like, we will quash the rumors, so no one will even really know this elopement thing happened. It'll all just be a part of the story of them getting married. Then they got married... And that'll be the headline. Yes. The PR scandal has been taken care yes. of. Yes. Everything's under wraps. The Bennets are no longer disgraceful. They just have a young married daughter. Which is a... Right. Sure. She's married to a jerk, but that's not the, really the issue. She's at least married to him. Yes. Yeah. And then they go and they tell Mrs. Bennett, and boy, oh boy, she could not be <laughs> more excited. More opposite Mr. Bennett, who is like deeply conflicted about what went on, how much he owes Mr. Gardner. Who, what kind of father he is that this had to happen. She's like, all right, we did it. We won. <laughs> Mission accomplished. Yeah, like daughter married. So, like, if daughter is married, that's all I need to know. Yes. Daughter married. Done. She was now in an irritation as violent from delight as she had ever been fidgety from alarm and vexation. To know that her daughter would be married was enough. She was disturbed by no fear for her felicity nor humbled by any remembrance of her misconduct. So she's like, oh, all that. The plan worked. She got married. <laughs> yeah, I'm a, I'm I'm a successful mother because my daughter is getting married, and Wickham's is supposed to be charming. Who cares? Yes, and she says, "How I long to see her and to see dear Wickham too." He is now dear Wickham, <laughs> just like that. Yes, and then the first consideration is the clothes, the wedding clothes. Yes. It's like we got We got to get her so, some something to get married in, <laughs> and it, right. Which is, of course, like, at no point do you have any sense of, like, the enormity of what happened. <laughs> yeah. Uh, how ma- My dear my dear Lydia, how merry we shall be together when we meet. So she is, like, on cloud nine. From the, from the gates of hell to right to heaven, Mrs. Bennett is living her life. <laughs> right. No reservations about this at all. She's totally satisfied. Everything is going to be fine. Uh, Jane says, like, hey... Uh, make sure that you um, be thankful to Mr. Gardner. We believe that he forwarded quite a bit of money to make this happen. And this was the most irritating moment for me. Of She goes, well, it is all very right. Who should do it but our own uncle? If he had not had a family of his own, I and my children must have had all his money, you know. And it is the first time we have ever had anything from him except a few presents. And it's like, shut up. <laughs> Well, yeah, like she, Mrs. Bennett goes, of course. So they have the opposite. She has the opposite again, the opposite reaction to Mr. Bennett. Mr. Bennett goes, how am I going to pay my brother-in-law for all this money he clearly spent? Mrs. Bennett goes, yeah, he spent money. Good. Yeah. Let him spend That's it. That's his niece. And he, he should be taking yeah. care of us. We're his family. <laughs> she has none of none of the same values as Mr. Bennett. And it's very clear that like, oh, this, they have a bad marriage. <laughs> Yeah, they do. Yes, uh, and, she, and mainly she's just excited that she's only sixteen. Uh, and then she's gonna go around telling everybody. That's so she's gonna like immediately from like trying to hide the most shameful news in the world. She's gonna run around being like, "She's married. She's married. Great." <laughs> right. Let's spread the uh, spread the spread the news. Yes, and then. Mrs. Hill is very happy. Like, so servants are happy. Everyone's good. 
or so the servants are often referred to like they're the way that gossip gets out yeah. so like sometimes like they'll dismiss the servants before they talk about the real situation um and so mrs bennett is kind of embracing that mrs hill knows about the wedding like come on in it's all good we're doing it tell everybody he's She's getting married. I'm getting her address. It's happening. No yes, please combat the bad gossip. She's now a married woman. Right. Right. Yes. And uh, so that's the situation. We got two two uh, responses. Mr. Bennett is like, oh, no, my daughter is marrying a, a evil man, and I owe my brother-in-law a huge sum of money for a, a gracious act of kindness. And Mrs. Bennett's like, my daughter's getting married. I'm going to tell my friends. <laughs> <laughs> Let's party. <laughs> Pretty dresses and uh, giggling girls. Let's go. Yes. And then the next chapter opens up with a very somber, like, reflection from Mr. Bennett. And first of all, once again, we are looking at it. The point of view is kind of Mr. Bennett focused for a few pages. Yes. In a way that it it's hasn't odd. been this much the whole book. And to me, I always take notice because I'm always like, well, if if this is happening, then Jane Austen was like, okay, I need to get this out, but I can't do it through Elizabeth's eyes or through Elizabeth being in the room, but I want it to be in the novel. So I always take notice of, of times like this. Yes. And what he's first reflects on is like, he had often wished before this period of his life that instead of spending his whole income, he had laid by an annual sum for the better provision of his children and of his wife. So he was like, man, I wish I had not spent all my inheritance before this. Like if I, I, I had been very frugal about the money I had. Because then I can relax and give money to my wife and children when I die. He's reconsidering the way he's spent his whole life. Yes. And what he's been doing his entire life. Because of how close to ruin... He just came. And he's like, if I saved up money, even this situation, I could not, I would not have to, um, I would have been in, I would have been in Mr. Gardner's place. I would have been paying Wickham for his dastardly deeds. Right. But if Mr. Gardner wasn't there, he's thinking like, if Mr. Gardner wasn't there, I would not be able to fix this. And he's like, well, that's, uh, that's shameful for me. I like, why, why have I not lived better? Um, and he, he keeps reflecting on it. He's like, that a cause of so little advantage to anyone should be forwarded at the sole expense of his brother-in-law. And he was determined, if possible, to find out the extent of his assistance and to discharge the obligation as soon as he could. He's like, the rest of my life is going to be dedicated to paying my brother back. Because he spent ten, like probably $10,000 so that my daughter can marry, marry what he called one of the most worthless young men in Great Britain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's up there with the least worthwhile people in the whole country. Yeah. He's like he could compete in a worthwhileness competition and lose to anyone in the Great Britain. Yeah, in the whole kingdom. Uh, the next paragraph starts off with the kind of like what is at the heart of the whole book. When first Mister Bennett had married, economy was held to be perfectly useless, for of course they were to have a son. And that's where the five daughters comes in. <laughs> yeah, and then it, hilariously, tragically, however you want to see it, they have five. Ironically, they have five daughters. All they need is a son. 
You know, 10,000 spoons and all you need is a knife. You know what I mean? Yes. Isn't that ironic? He wanted. He just got five daughters, and he got... Can you imagine being, like, the little brother, though, of all five of these daughters? <laughs> <laughs> he'd be treated like a prince. He'd be, like, the... He'd be so full of himself because he was so wanted. Yeah. Little man. <laughs> That's my little man. Um. So, yeah, uh... So they get a certain amount of money for being married. And, again, I'm always a little confused because I'm not quite sure. Like, I'm with Mrs. Bennett, but I don't really know what an entailment is or, like, how Mr. Bennett makes his money or what. Is he, like, a landlord? Like, where does any of this income come from? That's, like, a big part of this book. It's like, where does anyone have any of their money? Like, what is, like, no one works. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's all, there's, it's all trust funds. How, who was, who's making the money? Yes. When when was the dude who works that gave him this money? <laughs> right. Yes. Uh, and he's reflecting on like this worked out too well for me. Why did this work out so good? That I got a I got a daughter married on nothing on a hundred dollars a year. Like that shouldn't be possible. And then so he sends a letter. He's like, please, Mister Gardner, tell me what I owe you. Because I can't, I can't live with this, with this hanging over my head. And it's like, yeah. Right. This is, it's shaking Mr. Bennett to his core. Like he, owing this much money and having it be a consequence of his parenting and kind of like the way he's led his life is really making him soul search in this moment. He's really lost. He's struggling. Yeah. What a, what a blow to like his sense of self that like he let his, he, before he was even warned, like he was warned by Elizabeth, like, hey, don't let her go. She's silly. And it all, and he goes, yeah, she'll be fine. She'll be silly somewhere quiet. <laughs> and it yeah. blows up in his face, and he ha- and and the situation can only be resolved by a lot of money, and he does not have a lot of money because he did not live responsibly. It's his fault. Yeah. 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 And his and his own wife is, is doesn't care about anything. <laughs> uh, and Mrs. Bennett then is having a great day, and she's at dinner. She's like, "We're gonna get so much stuff for Lydia. Like, we're gonna get her all these dresses and stuff like that." Uh, where sh- where should they live? They what part of what what house should they buy in town? <laughs> Oh my god! And she's naming off the houses and what's wrong with each of them. She's planning out their whole life. She's like, "This is what she's made for. This is what she's been leading herself up to this whole time. This is all that she cares about." Yes. And she says, uh, "But Ashworth is too far off. I could not bear her to have her ten miles from me," which is kind of foreshadowing <laughs> of like, "I don't want her. Right. I don't want her ten miles away." Um and. And Mr. Bennett kind of lets her ramble about all this stuff. Um, And he says, Mrs. Bennett, before you take any or all of these houses for your son and daughter, let us come to a right understanding. Into one house in this neighborhood, they shall never have admittance. I will not encourage the impudence of either by receiving them in Longbourn. Wow. A huge statement of like, my daughter is never coming home again. I will not. I will. I I cut her off. She does not exist to me anymore. Uh, so the result of all this soul searching is that is that like that Lydia is not 
no longer his daughter. Yes. She is being disowned. Mr. Bennett is making this decision finally is that she's out. Yeah. I can't I can't have her around anymore. And even harder for Mrs. Bennett, uh, they fight about this, and then he he says that her husband would not advance a guinea to buy clothes for his daughter. So he's like, I'm not even going to pay for her wedding dress. And she is distraught. Yeah. That his anger could be carried to such a point of inconceivable resentment as to refuse his daughter a privilege without which her marriage would scarcely seem valid. Exceeded all that she could believe possible. Where she's like, if she doesn't get married in a wedding dress, she might as well not get married. Like, what are you doing? How do you hate your daughter this much? Right. So they're having this conflict. Obviously, they're in conflict in their point of view, and and we're seeing the the conflict play out. Like they're not, they are at odds with each other. They don't believe the same thing, and they don't want the same thing for their daughter. Yes. The next sentence is, uh, "She was more alive to the disgrace which the want of new clothes must reflect on her daughter's nuptials than to any sense of shame at her eloping and living with Wickham a fortnight before they took place." <laughs> Mrs. Bennett is more mad that that a husband won't buy a wedding dress for his daughter when than she is at all about her daughter living with a guy in in seventeen seventy six right. or whatever. <laughs> this is about values and priorities. This is like she, clearly she prioritizes uh the dress over uh the virtue, the virginity, you know, the societal norms around sex yeah. and marriage yeah so her daughter did one of the worst taboos possible and she doesn't really care about that because she ended up married anyway yeah um and then here real quick there's a little line where uh elizabeth was now most heartily sorry that she had from the distress of the moment been led to make mr darcy acquainted with their fears for her sister for since her marriage would so shortly give the proper termination to the elopement they might hope to conceal its unfavorable beginning. So she's like, I, I could have told him nothing, and none of this would have been a problem. <laughs> right, and she's also, I mean, like, yeah, this is a concern about the rumors, and they're hoping the marriage puts a, a stop to all the rumors about their elopement, and she sees Darcy as a possible leak yeah. for this situation. Or, or wait, she, she had no fear of it spreading further. She's just more embarrassed that Darcy knows. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. As a, Yeah, she's worried that, that he told that she told him and he knows now. Yeah, where it's like then the damage would have been controlled. Like she doesn't like Wickham, but at least it would not be an unmarried woman living with Wickham. And maybe they could have still, but that's too late now. Uh so yeah, another little moment of regret for Elizabeth. Who just f- And she also is thinking about how Darcy is never going to or like he doesn't he's not going to care because she's marrying Wickham yeah. anyway. So she's not going to connect himself with a family yeah. uh that would be with Wickham. Yeah. And how weird it is for this country family to be tied to the in the middle of a uh generation long battle between two heirs. <laughs> That's like if like they Right, like not an important family. That'd be like, like if, a country family. Yeah. Some like Manhattan trust fund kids went out to vacation up in Connecticut and this small town family got involved in their squabbles. <laughs> right. Two of the guys were interested in, in the two of the daughters of like the the daughter like of a of a mini golf course owner. Yeah. You know, like nothing. Yeah. A guy who has a commercial on T V where he goes, Come on down to the golf course 
Yeah. That's basically it. Where these guys are like the finance bros of their time. And then they go out to upstate New York for like a, a so basically like we're going to go to camp. We're going to have a, a summer. Yeah. And get just drag this poor family through all the highs and lows of high society. <laughs> <laughs> That's the movie. Mini golf and billionaires. Yes. This summer. Uh, there's a very sad line of she was convinced that she could have been happy with him when it was no longer likely they should meet. And she's like now like she she's just like in the dumps and it's so it's so hard for Elizabeth. Cuz she's well she's realizing that she actually could and maybe does love Darcy and also at the same time that it's never going to happen now. Yes. She began now to comprehend that he was exactly the man who in his disposition and talents would most suit her. It's like, dang. Right. She goes through and describes, yeah, he's the perfect guy for me for all these reasons. You don't know what you got till it's gone, you know? Right. And, uh, yeah, as she realizes this, she is realizing that it can never happen. Tragic. Yeah, really sad. Unless they get together, and then it'll be just uh, sadly sweet. Yeah. Then it'll be actually a triumph of the human spirit and a love. But for now? For now, it's really sad. Sad. Uh, Mr. Gardner gets more news. Wickham is quitting the militia. Uh, and it looks like he's going to be joining the army up north. Uh, yeah. Which is good news for all the regional people. Is that they're they're going to be so far away that their lives are not really going to interfere with everyone else's lives. Right. And the gossip will... They're not. Gonna, you don't gossip about somebody who lives a day's journey away. That's too far to care about that person anymore. Basically, she lives in a different country. She's going to live that far away. Yeah, It's not even London. It's like the north part of the of England. And it's it takes them a day and a half to get to London, which is like 40 miles away. Right. So, yeah, they are, they're going to be gone, gone, gone. Uh, Hagerston or whatever, yeah. So that's kind of good news for everybody of like, oh, they're out of our hair at least. Uh, but Mrs. Bennett hates this. She's the only one who doesn't like, isn't overjoyed or just like relaxed and like, okay, good. Their drama will be away from us. <laughs> right. Because Mrs. Bennett already tipped her hand that if they lived more than 10 miles away, she would be very, very upset. Yes. Um, and then Mrs. Bennett expresses like, oh, what if the officers aren't as nice there? Like she's still worried about officers. <laughs> <laughs> She's friends with all the officers here. They're all they're so close already. Yeah, that's those are her pals. Uh, Jane and Elizabeth. Then they kind of work on the dad to be like, "Come on, let him let him back in." We don't get any dialogue, but he said like, "Hey, look, she's your daughter. Let her let us see her." <laughs> and he's like, "Okay, <laughs> okay, whatever." And then I think he even agrees to buy them some clothes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. So she, so everyone gets what they want. Mister Bennett's still just kind of mad. But the sister gets married. Lydia's married, and there's a very funny Jane line, of uh. So their arrival was dreaded by the elder Miss Bennett's and Jane more especially, who gave Lydia the feelings which would have attended herself had she been the culprit. Was wretched in the thought of what her sister must endure. 
So this is where huh? this is where Jane's empathy has extreme weakness. Is that she imagines a world in which she uh, had run off with a man and eloped and not gotten married for two weeks and uh, then finally married him after a long search and basically had to be bribed and then was coming home to face the father. That's She's, she's like, if I, Jane, was in that situation, like, Jane, you're never going to be in this situation. <laughs> right. Jane is acting, yeah, Jane is is putting herself in Lydia's shoes, but she's not putting on Lydia's mindset. She's like, if me, Jane, went to went to Brighton and screwed up this badly, I'd want to be have a deferential sister who was, you know, really caring for me. But she doesn't realize that Lydia is just a silly girl still. Yeah. And she doesn't care about this stuff. She doesn't care about that she's done wrong. She's just being silly. And that's kind of like the weakness of Jane's general sense of well-being towards everyone is that she believes everyone to be herself in a way like that's how everyone operates the same way I do. That's why like, why would anyone do something with motivations that I would not use? (laughs) Yeah. Her empathy is like, she has a lot of, a lot of sympathy, but not a lot of empathy maybe. Or she, I don't know. She can't imagine that someone thinks differently than she does. She has no imagination towards people being different than her. Like, like there's obviously being too cynical, but she has no sense of like, not everyone is the saint you are, (laughs) Jane. Right, right. Yeah. Um, and and then Lydia obviously proves this point by being obnoxiously proud of uh, being married pretty much right away. Yes. Um, yeah, they they come in. They're like, look, I'm married. She shows off the ring and everything. <laughs> just classic, just classic stuff. Um, she, saw, she saw one of her friends on the way there, William Golding, uh, and showed him, the, just like poked her hand out of the, out of the, just show him the ring. Like she's like, um, acting kind of as if she got married for for real, or like she got married in the more noble and straightforward, societally accepted way. Yeah. The, the, uh, let's see. Uh, so the so Mr. Bennett sees him. The reception for Mr. Bennett, to whom they then turned, was not quite so cordial. His countenance rather gained in austerity, and he scarcely opened his lips. The easy assurance of the young couple, indeed, was enough to provoke him. Elizabeth was disgusted, and even Miss Bennet was shocked. Lydia was Lydia, still. Untamed, unabashed, wild, noisy, and fearless. Uh, She turned from sister to sister, demanding their congratulations. (laughs) Demanding their congratulations, yeah. She's not been humbled one second by this. At no no point. Bold. She thought this was a grand adventure, and she ended up with a husband. (laughs) Right, she learned nothing. She does not care about the consequences of potential consequences of her actions. Has no even sense of the stress that her family was under for for days. Okay, but I think this this seems to me like this is justice for if you're gonna form a society or making the highest priority marriage and finding a husband, then the idea of how you find the husband or in what way you find the husband or what that does to you and your character. That all gets pushed aside, and the priority is husband. Yeah. So Lydia is just a product of this environment. I think she wasn't born this way. I think she's just responding to the society that she's in. She's like a, a reduction to absurdity of the idea that getting a husband is important. So like she's like, well, I have a husband. She got it in the worst possible way, the most shameful way possible. 
Yeah. But she's acting like, hey, I got a husband, though. Yes, at 16. That's, that keeps getting thrown around like, wow. She's like, it's like an, when a kid skips a grade. You're like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> at 16. <laughs> yeah, it's not weird. It's not weird. It's actually better. It's like that's hard to it's hard to figure out for me. But yeah, it's it's different. The values are different. Yes, Lydia. I mean, and the bride and her mother could neither of them talk fast enough. So, the mom and and Lydia are like, they're so overjoyed by this. It's like a normal like mother daughter right. relationship now. About if this, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, they're just a happily married, <laughs> and like want to talk all about it. They're two peas in the pod. They're the same same kind of woman. Yes. Uh, nothing of the past was recollected with pain, and Lydia led voluntarily to subjects which her sisters would not have alluded to for the world. So, so she's <laughs> not no shame about any of it. Like, yeah, and then we went to this hotel, right. and then we stayed in this hotel for a little while, and then <laughs> and it's like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, it's so... No shame. Shameless. Yeah. Absolutely absurd. Uh... But it's like, yeah, she won. She won the game of. Uh, it's like the Astros with their uh, their sign stealing scandal. It's like, well, they ended up winning the World Series, so I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Like the results are the results. And we all we all kind of frown at it, but they they keep the keep the they are keeping that trophy, and she's keeping this husband. Yeah. Um. And then there's a funny moment where they all go sit at the dinner table and uh, Lydia hits uh, Jane with, ah, Jane, I take your place now and you must go lower because I am a married woman. (laughs) (laughs) And that's such a strong metaphor for how that society works where Jane, this perfect saint who has done nothing wrong, is pushed down the table for this this the youngest daughter who immaturely got married. (laughs) Right, her trollop of a sister who made every mistake that you're not supposed to make but stumbled into the one thing that matters and won the social lottery by getting married despite her mistakes is now the top dog yeah. because they only have one priority in the society and she's there. Yeah. She's got it. She figured it out. Her life's all set. Yeah, truly insane. Mrs. Wick, she like keeps... I keeps having people call her, call her Mrs. Wickham. <laughs> right, she's loving it. Uh, they, they, she's like, "Don't you love my husband?" You know, like what a charming man um, he is. They must all go to Brighton. Yeah. This is the place to get husbands. <laughs> okay, this is my favorite. This is my favorite. Yeah, that's that's where you go to get husbands. That's where I got mine. And everyone's like, "What?" And uh, this is a, this is an incredible Elizabeth line. An insane shots fired. Uh, classic Elizabeth being able to cut through social criticism and just get people get people down to nothing of the few words. Uh, Liz, uh, Lydia says, um, "I dare say I shall get husbands for them before the winter is over." And Elizabeth says, "I thank you for your for my share of the favor, but I do not particularly like your way of getting husbands." Ba boom! Oh. Damn. Oh, insane. I don't want husbands. How you get husbands. <laughs> Boom. Just cutting. Stay away with me. Very from, cutting. Like, finally, is the first person to try and deflate her and her. I mean, that must have been infuriating for Elizabeth to have been so attuned to, like, her father destroyed and humbled. Uh, her mother, Iraq, even Jane, like, 
in a place, and like she lost the love of her life, and Lydia comes in. Like, right, she's freaking out. Yeah, Lydia comes in like nothing's happening. Elizabeth is watching, and it's like the best day of her yeah. life. That she's like, I have done it, you guys, <laughs> and there's no consequences. She gets to have a husband and be happy. Like she's so dumb. <laughs> right. So Elizabeth is has to reckon with this crazy society and what it does, and she's seeing an example of this society gone gone crazy mm-hmm. and she's faced with it and as a result of that her father is rethinking his whole life and she's lost the love of her life yeah. um and she thinks she's never going to be with the man who she finally realizes that she she can be with and should be with and uh, uh um, on top of that she's getting mocked by her 16 year old sister uh for not having a telling husband. her that she's going to get her a husband yeah, yeah. And that is what makes her say something. After all of that piled on top of her, then she she goes, well, I don't like your way of getting husbands. <laughs> oh, yeah? Well, nuts to you, big boy. <laughs> yeah. The next line She hasn't is, said anything but that. Their visitors were not to remain above 10 days with them. <laughs> Which is like... That right now, that sounds like what they stayed ten more days, but I guess at that time that was yeah. like an insult. <laughs> that's like very short. Yeah. yeah, that's like a like a pop in. That's like coffee. Yeah, ten days. Their married daughter only stayed ten days with them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so wild. Uh, no one. B- oh yeah, and l- yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No one but Mrs. Bennett regretted that their stay would be so short. Uh, and she made the most of the time by visiting about with her daughter and having very frequent parties at home. So Mrs. Bennett is like, I'm I'm soaking this in for all it's worth for me, too. Because the clout of having a married daughter, oh, my goodness. <laughs> she's Yeah, right. She's soaking it in. It's the, it's the most important time of her life. Although you feel like she'd be angry just because, like, Wickham has no money. Like, she's relying on her daughters to have husbands who can take care of her. Right. But it worked out. I don't know. It worked out just fine. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I guess everything's okay with Mrs. Bennett. She already got she already um, got the first one done. So we get a little more conflict uh, because Elizabeth left the room when Lydia was recounting her wedding and yada, yada, yada. Elizabeth left. She couldn't handle it, uh, which is a big deal. Mm-hmm. And I love this. Uh, or Lydia goes, Lizzie, I never gave you an account of my wedding. I believe you were not by when I told my mom and the others all about it. Are you not curious to hear how it was managed? So she can't just let it let it be that she left. Yeah. She has to go, oh, you, you stepped out. You probably want to hear about it. And then Elizabeth goes, I think there cannot be too little said on the subject. <laughs> uh, I, I would don't want to hear any more about it. I, <laughs> the less I know about this, the better. Yeah, nothing is too much. No words is far too much said about it. Yeah, and she replies, "La, La you are, you so, are strange. so strange." <laughs> exactly, La. <laughs> <laughs> she hits her with the La. You are so strange. Oh man, when she hits me with La, you are so strange. It makes me go ah. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, it does not read the room of like. Cannot like not deterred by Elizabeth's obvious seething. <laughs> Zero room reading, absolutely none. Yeah, totally. <laughs> but thank goodness, because she hits him here with a detail that sends Elizabeth spinning. Uh, the apex of this episode, crazy detail. Hit it. 
the wedding need not so Mr. Gardner's gone for a moment, so he can't walk her down the aisle. The wedding need not be put off, for Mr. Darcy might have done as well. Mr. Darcy, repeated Elizabeth in utter amazement. Oh yes, he has come there with Wickham, you know, but gracious me, I quite forgot. I ought not to have said a word about it. I promised them so faithfully. What will Wickham say? It was to be such a secret. And that's it. Because Jane goes, if it's to be a secret, don't tell us anymore. And Elizabeth's like, thanks, Jane. Good point. <laughs> yeah. Great, Jane. Jane, come on. <laughs> this is not the most important piece of information of my whole life right now. Right. So the, the man that Elizabeth has been thinking about in terms of this wedding, and Elizabeth has been thinking that because this wedding happened, she can't be with Darcy. Turns out Darcy was at the wedding. Yes. He is the least likely person to be invited or attend this wedding in the world, and he was there. He has no reason to attend. He hates Wickham, and he doesn't even like Lydia. <laughs> First of all, almost no one was there. It's an, elope, it's an elopement. It's a shotgun. It's like a Vegas wedding, yes. like an elopement wedding. No one was there, and who was there but the only guy who wouldn't be there no matter what? Yeah. Who has reasons to not be there? The most reason not to be there. The most reason to not be there. His enemy's wedding that's only five people. <laughs> right. So, obviously, Elizabeth goes nuts with curiosity. Yes. Mr. Darcy. And she's, oh, certainly. Yeah. <laughs> she's burning with curiosity. Yes. She writes a letter. We will ask letter. you this no questions. This is the first time she writes a letter, like, mentions anything about Darcy to Mrs. Gardner. You may readily comprehend what my curiosity must be to know how a person unconnected with any of us and, comparatively speaking, a stranger to our family should have been amongst you at such a time. Pray write instantly and let me understand it, unless it is, for very cogent reasons, to remain in the secrecy which Lydia seems to think necessary, and then I must endeavor to be satisfied with ignorance. Not that I shall, though, she added to herself. <laughs> and my dear aunt, if you do not tell me in an honorable manner, I shall certainly be reduced to tricks and stratagems to find it out. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yes. Like I'm gonna find out. Just tell, tell me. me. Uh or I will she's like she's like the Facebook like the the girl who's really good at Facebook stalking. She's like, I'm gonna figure this out. I'm gonna know why your ex boyfriend's brother's uh cousin uh girlfriend was at this wedding. <laughs> I will you can tell me or I can just I'm gonna go find I'm, out. Yeah. I will find out. I'll do some tricks and trades <laughs> and all my stratagems. Right, and we're left there with Elizabeth wondering what happened and trying to figure out what happened and why Darcy was there. I mean, we were pretty sure that it has something to do with Darcy's money and Wickham's supposed uh, claim to some of Darcy's money. Yeah, because in theory, because Mr. Gardner says like, "Hey, I'm pretty sure. I don't, I, I don't know if I have it, but he's like, don't, don't worry, worry about, about the it. money. He says like, don't worry and about it. And that's ten thousand dollars to a guy with young children." Yeah. Who is a working man? He is a he's a lawyer. He's not right. he's not an heir. Um, so it's like, what the heck's going on that he will won't even acknowledge that? And like, even it's like, hey, pay me back when you can. Like that would be a saint to say that, but don't right. pay me back at all. Like, what is going on? And not only that, but Mister Mister Darcy is at the at the wedding. Yeah. It, it, and it can only be that he paid off all the debts and, and made an arrangement with um, with Wickham to be like, look, I'll give you what my father wanted you to have if you marry this woman and leave us alone. Right. 
So what's left to find out is how is Elizabeth going to find this out? And what is she going to say to Darcy about it? And why did Darcy do that? Yes. Why in the world would this man, who's deeply in love with me, do me a huge favor? (laughs) (laughs) Aw, sounds good. Sounds pretty good. Oh, so spicy. We might get some loving kisses. I like it. I can't wait. I've been waiting for a damn kiss this whole book. I know. No one, I know. Kiss her. There hasn't been a single description of a kiss this whole time. I know. How wet is it going to be? <laughs> is it gonna, are they going to be it'll be a real loud smooch where they like go in too hard and pull back too fast? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Come on. Are the teeth going to? Yeah, they never kiss. They, they don't, how do they know how? Kissing they never would kiss. be scandalous at this time. Then you might as well go all the way if you're going to kiss. <laughs> yeah. Which is a lot. So now. I'm excited for that. We only have, we don't have much book left here. We're kind of landing this plane, aren't we? Guys? Yeah. So like maybe two episodes, three episodes. Two two uh, two long episodes or three short episodes. We'll, we'll talk about it off pod. <laughs> <laughs> it all depends on uh yeah my vacation schedule. Yeah. But yeah, seventy pages left. Let's for do me. this. Uh yeah, seventy five pages. Yeah, and we got like. Ten chapters, yeah. nine chapters, yeah. And what what threads are there to tie up? Except Jane's unmarried and Elizabeth's unmarried. I'll be kind of sad if Jane is. I don't think she'll. I feel like Bingley's going to marry her and Darcy will marry Elizabeth. What else is going to happen? I know. Yeah. I mean, like a, th- a different guy comes in and just knocks her off, knocks her off her, sweeps her off her feet, knocks her off her feet. Not not knocks her off her feet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm your new husband. Boom! Bam! Metaphorically speaking. Yes. Metaphorically speaking, of course. Sweeps her off her feet. That'd be nice. I want, I want the oldest two to be happy. And I want Mary to say something stupid. And I want Kitty to cough. <laughs> we all do, Kev. We all want that. That's all we want for our daughters. Yeah. And until then... Yeah, we leave you. We leave you there with that. All right. Yeah, we'll uh, see you guys next week. I uh, hope you're all staying safe. Catch you next time. Get out on the Instagram. Yeah, we got message us personally. Yeah, we got we got the Instagram popping with some memes and some previews and yeah, and we're uh, we're bored as a heck. If you send us a message, we'll probably get back to you right away. <laughs> I will get back to you. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for listening, everybody. Yeah. All right, and uh, yeah, see you guys later. Love you. Bye. You know this. Outside, it's like showbiz. We fly, no lie. You know this. Outside, it's like showbiz.